while we were worshiping and we were singing, you know, he deserves all the glory. And I was, I was just trying to picture being in heaven, you know, Jesus, Jesus on the throne next to his father. I think we'll be able to see Holy Spirit at the same time. And the angels and just the glory of heaven. And I was like, I was trying to picture giving God glory, what that would look like in the spiritual realm. Are, are we able to, to push glory towards God? Are, are we able to see our worship in heavenly realms? What all can we see up there? So I just, I had my eyes closed just trying to do that. I, I feel like I could imagine, you know, like, what, like when you're in the, a pool and you splash and, and splash goes towards somewhere. I felt like I could see that, I could imagine that in heaven, giving glory to the Lord, you know, and just trying to push glory and honor to him. It was amazing. God is so awesome to us, isn't he? Man, oh man. So last week, I don't know if you remember about last week what happened at, towards the end of worship. Uh, we had a couple miracles. And I, I call them miracles because anytime God moves in our life, it's a miracle. It can't not be a miracle if God does it, right? It's, it's from the supernatural uh, heaven realm, and it comes into the earthly realm. That's a miracle. And so towards the end of worship, Jeanette started declaring out in tongues, and then right after she got done with tongues, and I had the interpretation of tongues. And it was funny because afterwards, Walt came up. He goes, so have you ever done that before? And I said, yeah, I've done it a, a few times, but that time was stronger than ever. I mean, literally while we are doing the last song, I knew for sure she was going to pray out in tongues. And I already had the interpretation. So when she did it, it was like, oh, I got this. I, I'm on this. And so it was just tremendous. But I've had a few conversations this week, and I realized I haven't really taught much on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I thought I'd, today I'd just settle in and we'll talk about the different gifts and some of the things, what, what they're for and how we use them and that kind of stuff. Because I really want our church to be a supernatural church. Supernaturalness should be common in a Christian's life. We're always interacting with the living God, so that's got to be supernatural stuff. Otherwise, we're just going to have some kind of dead religion that we come into the building, we do our stuff, and we go home. It's like, eh-eh. I want to be changed. How about you guys? I want to be part of a church that knows how to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit so we can practice on each other, so we can become this thing, this glorious church that the New Testament talks about. Without the gifts of the Holy Ghost, we're not going to make it. Amen? So let's look at some of these things. So today we're going to talk about um, what we should expect every time we come together. These gifts should be the norm. To have a church service without these giftings should be abnormal. We should leave here going, man, we need to pray. Somehow we miss God. We didn't see supernatural today. We missed him. That should be the norm. When we don't see supernatural, we should be bummed out. Because, you know, people go, well, we're going to church. And that's true. It's absolutely true. But we should be thinking about how we are the children of God we are the born from, born from above new creations. We are the spirit-filled followers of Jesus himself. We're his brothers and sisters. We're God Almighty's kids. If we meditated on that, thought about that more than just thinking about coming into a church building, it would just get our focus on the supernatural, on heaven come to earth. We're followers of Jesus himself, and we should expect spiritual things. The Bible says the word is spirit and it is life. So when anytime anyone's up here and we're sharing the word of God, the spirit's happening. You got the Holy Spirit already here and the spirit that's in the word is going forth. 
Whew, man. Spiritual gifts with spiritual manifestations and spiritual results. Do you know that there can be spiritual gifts without spiritual manifestations? I believe every single time born-again believers gather together, their spiritual gifts present. Because that's what the Bible says. Do we walk in them? No, not every time. Do, do we not respond to a nudging, a prompting of the Holy Spirit? Nope, not every time. In fact, I think there's lots of times on a Sunday morning, several people are getting nudged by Holy Spirit to do something, and they don't do it. They're uncomfortable. They're shy. I had a bad morning. I kissed my fool head off on Thursday, so on Sunday, I'm just not worthy. It's got nothing to do with that. They're not our gifts. The gifts I'm going to talk about today, they're Holy Spirit's gifts, and he wants to bless the people around you. You, you're just a person at the window when they come up and they want their, they already paid at the other one and you hand out the bag for them, that's who you guys are. It's Holy Spirit fixed the meal and the customers are the goal of that meal. We're just handing it off to them. Man. So before we start, I just want to point out a few things. Chapter 11, this is chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Now, man, 1 Corinthians is dynamite. There's a few chapters that you could just park a car there and preach all year long. Um, 11 talks about us being one body, and we do communion with the right heart condition because if we don't do that, bad things can happen. That right heart condition is I don't want to have any offense. I want to be open and transparent to God. And the other part of that right heart condition is honoring all of you guys. So when we do communion, it's one body, one loaf, one bread, one Lord, one spirit. It's the oneness of me and one with God and me and one with you guys. That's chapter 11. Rolls right into what we're going to talk about here, chapter 12, in the diversity of gifts, but one spirit, one body, one church. After this, if you go back into the rest of chapter 12, later you read it from verse 12 on, it's all about different pieces of the body, eyes, ears, hands, feet, different parts, but one body. 11, oneness. 12, oneness. Smack dab in the middle of where 11 finishes and 12 starts is these gifts that are supposed to supernaturally empower us into oneness and wholeness. Okay. So while we're looking at this, just think of different things that are emphasized like unity, oneness, diversity in a pure and wholesome way. Watch this. Our main verse today, by the way, is verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So manifestation basically means the display, the, the proof, if you will. The, the proof of the Spirit, the manifestation, the display of the Spirit is given to each one to profit all of us. It's not given like so often when you see somebody that has a super strong gift that they're really experienced in, the Holy Spirit's blessed them in, and then they make it all about them. And they almost do this whole roadshow of that one person, man or woman, and how they do that gift. Aren't they super? Aren't they awesome? Aren't they just super Christians? Like, no, that's not what the Bible meant. That's not what the Bible teaches. All of us flow in the gifts so that together we all profit. Whew. So let's see, in context, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, 
but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Wow, there's a whole lot in that handful of verses. So let's just try to start unpacking these things. Um, number one, I'm going to talk about the danger of being ignorant of the gifts. Number two, I'm going to talk about the diversity of the gifts. And my last point is going to be the distribution of the gifts. So number one, the danger of being ignorant of the gifts. Uh, I think ignorance starts out as like some people only say, are there even such things? I, I see it in the Bible, but are they really supposed to be here all the time? They absolutely are. Paul, I'm gonna, in a minute, I'm going to underline something. But Paul talked in three different areas in the Corinthian, first and second Corinthians. He said, desire spiritual gifts. One time he says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Now, the, the closest interpretation that all of us would understand what he was saying back in his language and what it means now is his saying, burn lustfully for these gifts. Oh, that's such a dirty word. Oh, you can't use that. He was saying that your whole body should be consumed for these gifts. Are these gifts real? He said you ought to be chasing them now. All of us should be chasing. We should be, uh, I'm coming into church today, and I'm going to get me a gift. Maybe I'll have two. But I'm going to get one, and I'm gonna, if I get a prompt by the Holy Spirit, you just better watch. I'm going to fire it off on you. Right? Sometimes we're going to get it wrong. I'm fine with that. Go ahead, practice on me. All of you have permission to practice all the gifts on me. If you think you got something from the Lord, lay it on me. That's the only way we're going to get good at this if we practice. If we don't practice, we'll never do it. None of us jumped on a bike, rode it the first time, could just ride a bike. Right? And... You get back up, and if you're really fortunate like me, maybe you hit a couple of trees. So I, I had two older brothers. I was going to ride this bike no matter what. And so I did. By the time I learned how to ride a bike, I think I had some stitches. I had some serious road rash everywhere. But I could ride a bike. How about gifts? You guys willing to get a little bit of road rash? You, you willing, willing to be a little bit embarrassed sometimes trying to figure out how God wants to use these gifts amongst us? I, I know I am. So I think the question is, are there such things? Well, if you believe the Bible's real and truthful, then yes, there are gifts. The Bible says so. It's not Pastor Mike's idea. It's the Bible. Um, you know, to be ignorant, this is what Webster says. To be ignorant means lacking knowledge or awareness in general. Now, if, as I've seen over the years, many times the years, people stay up really late on Saturday night watching movies, gaming, bowling, doing all kinds of stuff, and then they, they go to bed really late, then they get up kind of early. They come into church, they're only half awake. They really couldn't care less. It's just something that they always do. And they don't want to have to answer tough questions later when somebody says, why weren't you at church? Oh, well, I just, I gamed too much and I fell asleep and I didn't feel like getting up. <gasps> Can't say that. Can't be that honest, right? And so I see people come in, and they only got like two cylinders out of eight actually firing. So what are the chances 
of Holy Spirit saying, hey, Mike, why don't you get up and go pray for that person? I want to heal him. When you're only halfway there and, and what little bit you're there, you're thinking, man, I'm just going to go. I'm going to get me a couple whoppers, then I'm going to grab me a nap later on. What, wait, what was he talking about? I don't care. What time is it? Right? I've seen it many times over the year. Webster says, lacking knowledge, so you haven't seen it in your Bible, you haven't read about the, the, the spirit and the gifts, or you just general unawareness of it. I, I really don't care what's going on. I'm just kind of clocking some time. Whew. Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. Don't be ignorant. I'm, I'm not calling you ignorant. Paul's telling all of us, including me, don't be ignorant about this. I think another question we had ask is, well, I believe that there's gifts. I see it in the Bible, and I know that they're still moving because I've seen other people flowing them, but eh, I'm not sure I have any gifts. And if I did get a gift, I, I don't know how to even use or what I would do. That Again, that's still just ignorance. If a five-year-old boy can learn how to ride a bike with a mean brother that didn't care if he kept crashing, certainly we can figure out these gifts just by trial and error, what the Bible tells us about it. Amen? So in this, the same thing, is, is these giftings the same thing as unbelievers use? That's another question I've been asked over the years. Like prophecy. What's the difference between prophecy in the church, somebody reading your mail, or going to uh, some guy that reads your fortune? Well, I'll tell you, the, the big difference is the power source. There's no gray areas. There's zero shades of gray in the supernatural. In the spiritual world, there's only two colors, white and black, good and bad. That's all there is. So if you're operating in a power, it's either coming from God, the power of the Holy Ghost through what Jesus has done, or it's coming through the devil and demons. It's our only two choices. So if what they're doing lines up with the word of God, that's the power of God. If what they're doing goes against the word of God, then that's satanic. Amen. Go preach. Go preach. Shake that bush, right? <laughs> Man. I like how Paul says this. I, I actually, this is kind of new to me just the last couple weeks, seeing how Paul says this. So is this the same thing as what unbelievers use? This is what Paul tells us when he says, don't be ignorant because you guys used to be Gentiles and you were carried away and led by some kind of power. That's what he says. Verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to those dumb idols however you were led. We were carried away and led by some kind of force, some kind of power, some kind of energy. It wasn't God. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. What was it, folks? Demons. Come on. The devil has real power, and there's really demons in our lives trying to dissuade us, discourage us, dilute God's call in our lives all the time. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, Paul says, don't be ignorant about this stuff. You remember how you used to get led around this junk? Be led by the Holy Ghost now. You can do this. Man, the only cure for ignorance, he says, don't be ignorant. You know how you cure ignorant? It's, it's not church attendance. Well, maybe a little bit. But the main way to fix ignorance is study. If you're ignorant with math, then you get a math book and you study. If you're ignorant with geography, you get a geography book and you study. If you're ignorant on spiritual things, dun, da, 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 you get the spiritual book and you study. It's awesome. So first thing, danger being ignorant of our gifts. I already got that thing. So number two, the diversity of these gifts. Wow. This is so amazing. He says there's different gifts, but it's the same spirit. 
different ministries, same Lord. Different activities, same God who works all in all. Spirit, Lord, and God doing all this stuff. Even though it looks a little bit different here and that looks a little bit different, what they were saying was a little bit rough. I'm not sure about that one. I trust you, God. You're in this. You're working through this to take us somewhere together. Man, oh, man. It says the manifestation. This is what uh, Merriam-Webster says manifestation is. It's a noun that means the act, process, or an instance of manifesting something or someone. Wow, that's complicated. So in other words, it's the act or a process or the instance. Poof, do you see that thing? Or when someone gets up and goes over and says, you know what, I feel like the Lord just told me that you have a serious health situation. I want to pray for you. And that person never told anybody that they had anything wrong at all. Things like that happen commonly in the body of Christ. This is what Paul's telling us. Don't be ignorant because you don't know what's going on or you're not paying attention to what the Lord's doing inside you. Walk in this stuff. Flow in these different acts. Listen to this. This is the display of the Holy Spirit given to each one of us for the profit of all of us. Now, to have a decent church service on a Sunday, we really don't need the gifts. <gasps> what what'd you just say? To, to just to start church on time, to have some good music, have a decent preach and get out on time, we don't need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We, we don't. But if all of us literally want to become this pure, spotless bride of Jesus, we, we need all the gifts, <laughs> and we need them every single Sunday. If somehow we're going to be the bride of Christ and the army of God in balance together, and we need these gifts bad. I know I need these gifts because left to my own devices, I am a million miles away from who Jesus is. With these gifts, we can manifest the Holy Spirit in diversity of gifts and display so that together, all teamed up, all teamed up, together, all of us functioning in the gifts, we can represent Jesus accurately on a Sunday morning. Amen. Now, we all know we fall short of Jesus, me versus Jesus. I think all of us could easily say, yeah, there's a gap between who I am and who Jesus is. But together, with the Holy Spirit, we can represent Jesus accurately here. Now bring the lost in with Jesus in the house. Now bring the lost out of their houses and Jesus walking in the neighborhood. Now we got something. Not with just trying to invite them to church service or something or this or that. We can display the kingdom of God through the power of the Holy Ghost right there in their lives. We got to practice on each other, though. We got to have some idea what we're doing while we're doing it. So, because with confidence comes faith. So look at these. Let's let's list off a few of these lists uh, of the gifts that Paul's telling us about. So the first one is a word of wisdom which is direction on how to apply what you know. Have you ever just like, you have to make a big decision in your life. You've been praying about it. You've read the Bible. You're still wondering, boy, I have this job opportunity and it pays this much and it's this kind of stuff. And I have this job opportunity. It has this much and it pays. Boy, they're both really good. I don't know what I should do. And then somebody comes up to you at church and goes, hey, God knows that you've been praying about those two jobs. The one that's colored red is the one that you want to go with. What are you talking about? Then you go back and you look at the information they gave you and the one's all printed in red. Oh, that, that's a clue. That's a word of wisdom. It's going to help you apply stuff you already know in line with God's will for your life. Word of knowledge, they, 
I put them in this order because this is how they're listed. This is how Paul put them. But for me, mentally, it's easier for me to remember word and knowledge and then wisdom. Word and knowledge is where you can just walk up to somebody. God gave you something. And you can walk up to them and go, you know that thing you've been praying about? It's going to be 8 o'clock on Tuesday night. What are you talking about? Uh, that thing you've been praying about. You've been praying about Tuesday, 8 o'clock, right? Well, that was one of them. Well, I'm just telling you what. That's all God gave me. I don't have an explanation. That's it. That's my word of knowledge. Tuesday, 8 o'clock. Okay. Somebody might come in behind with a word of wisdom and says, Tuesday at 8 o'clock, you need to call that person that called you yesterday because that's where the answer is going to be. Oh, so knowledge is facts. Wisdom is applying those facts. Word of knowledge is facts that there's no way you knew, no way the person that got this that's bringing it to you, no way they could have known without God telling them. Word of wisdom, no way they can tell you how to apply that without God telling them. Man, I love this stuff. Faith, uh, that's a gift of faith. It's the ability to believe in God for something extraordinary. You know, I remember years and years and years ago, Melanie uh, moved out to New Mexico, and some of the things in her life did not inspire joy in my life. <laughs> and uh, we had prayer warriors at church that were praying for her. And so, you know, when you're praying for a loved one or a friend, that's someone that's really close in your life, you know all the good, the bad, and the ugly. Sometimes, for me, it's hard for me to keep praying the same old prayer when I, 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 there's no results happening and it doesn't seem like my prayers are doing anything. And so to go back over here and pray that prayer that I prayed 5,000 times this year, I, I can struggle in doing that stuff. But I remember there was a woman that would come up to me almost every single Sunday. This is way back at the other building. And she would come up and she'd go, hey, God's got your daughter. It's just a matter of time. It's not an if, it's just when. He's working on her. She's going to come back and she's going to serve the Lord. And I'd be like, oh, thank you, God. But that woman had the gift of faith. And when she would share that with me, it'd be like, yeah, God's going to do this thing. My daughter's going to come through this. And that was Melanie today that's taken over Children's Church. <laughs> so that's a gift of faith. Um, gift of healings. Man, all kinds of healings. I have been blessed to operate in that a few times. I prayed for several people that got healed of cancer. That is awesome. That is so exciting. That is so fun to pray for someone. The, the thing is, the devil will always tell you when you go, you know, the Holy Spirit will go, hey, Mike, go pray for that person. They've been struggling with this. You know it. The doctor just gave him more bad news. Just go pray for him. And the devil will come by and go, uh, you're just going to look stupid. If God wanted to heal him, they'd already be healed. Don't bother. Just, just go home and pray. No, I'm not going to. Holy Spirit told me to do it right now. I'm going to go over there. Would it be okay if I prayed for you? Okay, thank you. Lay your hand on their arm, on their shoulder, and just pray. What's the worst thing that can happen? They're already dying. Thank you. <laughs> um, how about the gift of miracles? Man, I looked through a lot of commentaries. I did a lot of study in that one thing. I can't nail it down. The closest thing that one of the commentaries said is in the gift of miracles, it would be similar to the things that Jesus did when he raised the dead or like Moses did when he'd raise up the rod of God and rivers would part. And so, just flat-out crazy miracles. I, I want to try that. Can, can I try that, Father? I, I want to try miracles. I've laid hands on cars and they started after guys were working on them, they couldn't get them started. One time we were going from Harare to Mutari in Zimbabwe, and it's just, I mean, you're, you're out in the middle of nowhere, and the car broke down. We're going down the road, it breaks down, 
And so we pulled over, and the guy I'm with was less handy with cars than me. <laughs> That's saying something. So we opened the hood, and we're both kind of looking at a bunch of stuff. We have no idea what it does. And a big old troop of baboons come cruising from one side, going across the road and going the other. And then they, a couple of them parked on the road, a couple of real big males, and they start, rah, rah, rah. Uh, okay, Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray for this car to start. Amen. Go try it. He tried it, and it started. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo. Okay. Um, how about prophecy? Prophecy is sharing an inspiration from God. It might be a scripture, might be an image, might be an explanation of something that's happened in that person's life, and maybe even something that will happen in the future. Prophecy covers a whole bunch. But if you're not sure if you've got a prophetic word for someone, just ask yourself this. It will do one of these three things. Prophecy is going to encourage, edify, or comfort. So when you get this, you like, oh, I got a picture for you and it seems like this. Or I think God wants to tell you this. Then just ask yourself before you say a prophetic word to someone, is it going to comfort them? Is it going to build them up? Is it going to encourage them? If it's going to shame them or tear them down or correct them, please bring it to me or to Dennis. Because then an elder might know more of the situation might be able to say, you know what, I got a part, you got a part, I'm going to pray about it, then maybe I'll talk to them. Might be like, no, that, that's just off. Okay, that's a safety net. Amen? So prophecy is the one that we just have to be a little bit more careful than anything else. Uh, another gift is discerning spirits. How many people here, I bet there's a lot of people here who have this gift. How many people here can read people? Anybody here just, look at that. That's discerning of spirits. Where you walk in the room, you know, when I was a foreman in a dye shop, I did a lot of hiring of dye makers. And it's like cheating when you, you can just, the first few words out of their mouth, you know that they're lying to you and they can't do what they're saying they can do. So I don't have to go through all this paperwork and ask them about all their work history and all this stuff. I mean, I would just ask them one specific thing. Usually what I would do when I knew someone was pulling my leg after I felt like God had showed me something, I'd just walk around the shop and then I'd watch them and read them while they're looking at the different things getting built in the dye shop. And at just the right time, I'd see the look of discomfort or worry on their face. So then I would ask them, so what would you do with this thing next? <laughs> uh, 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 uh. So that helped me filter through it. But reading people, if there's ever a time in church history that we needed discerning of spirits more than now, I don't think there was. We need to be a discerning people because we've got the left and the right, the red and the blue, the this and the that. Everybody's trying to tell us something that we should do or quit doing. We're always being bombarded. And if we don't have discernment, if it sounds like it's familiar, we'll just follow it. But just because someone said it 10,000 times doesn't make it truth. So we need to just have discernment. Who's telling me what? Just, I, I'll look in the eyes. That I love looking people straight in the eyes when I'm talking to them because that usually will give me an idea of what's going on and help me just to discern what's going on. And the last two gifts in this list is what we saw last week, tongues and interpretation of tongues. And um, just because of time frame right now, I can't go in it too deep, but if you were to do a study on tongues, you'll find there's actually three different types of tongues in the New Testament. Paul talks about us having a prayer language, which when we go into our prayer closet and it's just us, we have the gift of tongues and we pray to God in tongues, edifying ourselves. Doesn't do anything for anybody else, just builds me up in the Holy Spirit as I'm praying in tongues. 
There's another type of tongues where someone can pray in Spanish and someone will interpret it. There's also this tongues that we saw here last Sunday that she prayed in the heavenly language and then I interpreted that for the group. The Bible says if you don't have a translator or interpreter, do not be praying in those kind of tongues. Now, me and Jeanette have operated in this together a few different times. So, like, especially last Sunday, I was ready. Before she prayed, I, thought, I knew she was going to pray in tongues and this was a, the interpretation. So... What I think is interesting, you know, and I, I was thinking about last week and thinking about all the different years I've seen the different, I think I've actually either experienced or seen most of these gifts in fulfillment to the body of Christ. And of all of these, the two that are hit with the most skepticism, I think, are tongues and interpretation of tongues. And so I was praying and, and thinking about going, why, why is that? Because people can fake those two. Simple as that. I'm not going to try to dress it up at all. I, I can Oh, the Lord just said he's going to give you a new car next week. That's both of those total lies, total fabrication. I'm just doing this to show you. But I can't fake someone getting healed of cancer, right? I, I can't fake giving you a word of wisdom that you know is for you straight from God. I can't fake a word of knowledge and give you something that you know that's straight from God. I can't fake a miracle. Right? So if you look down this whole list, there's only two that people can abuse. And people abuse them. And they fake the tongues and they fake the interpretation. Does that mean what we saw last Sunday is less valuable? No, it doesn't. Last Sunday, what we saw last Sunday is two miracles. What she experienced was a miracle, what I experienced was a miracle. And I was really blessed as a baby Christian. I went to Maranatha Ministries and I first got saved. They did not have a Wednesday night anything. So we used to go over to First Assembly of God on Wednesday nights because they had classes. Guess, we got saved, guess what their first class was? just happened to be in their rotation. <laughs> 13 weeks all about the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah, that was awesome. Well, that place is big. I don't know if you've ever been there before. It's, I don't know, about 20 of these. But um, we were sitting in a place kind of like where our sound booth is here. So we're, we're way back on the ground floor, and then the, the balcony was like probably above us, maybe five rows. And so worship had just stopped, and this person, like two or three rows in front of us, got up and started, I'm like, what in the world is that thing? And, and I'm watching her. I'm probably staring, gawking at, at this woman doing that. And then when she stopped, I mean, it was like, Stop, start. She stopped, and someone in the balcony had the interpretation. They couldn't see each other. They, they couldn't see anyone that could go, okay, now like that. She was just, I was staring, I was blown away. I left church that day going, oh, I got to figure out what that was. What was that, Lord? Got in this, went through their material that they showed me and all that. It was like, that's incredible. But it was the one person prayed in tongues. Then the other person, it was actually a word of knowledge for someone there who ended up coming up front and got healed. It was absolutely amazing. As a baby Christian, I had the, just a huge blessing of seeing a lot of these things in front of me before too many people could tell me that they don't happen anymore. Because I wasn't raised in church. So I got saved when I was 31. And I knew nothing. Honest, I, I knew nothing. You could have told me Moses was one of Jesus' 12 disciples, been like, oh, okay, where are you going with this? I, I didn't know anything. I'm reading through this thing. I go to Janessa, what's up with this job, dude? She's like, job? Like, yeah, this guy. She's like, that's Job. 
okay, Miss Na'i, but I didn't know anything. But the great thing about that is, so then as a 31-year-old, I could just read this Bible. And, of course, I got radically saved. I got delivered of chewing tobacco, of porn, of drinking, smoking, you name it. I set free of it instantly. So I knew the power of God unto salvation. So then I'm reading this, and Jesus saying, well, in my name you'll do this. Like, okay, got it. In my name you'll do that. Okay, I got it. Paul says I can do this and pray for the, Oh, well, let's go do some of this stuff. <laughs> and I saw so many amazing things. And so I just want to try to encourage us, challenge us, whatever that is. I, I'm done being ignorant. <laughs> and I can't claim that I don't know about these things because I know about these things. I've taught about them. So now if I'm going to be ignorant of these gifts, it means that I'm being careless with them. It means that I'm just not looking for it. I'm not praying about it. I'm not expecting it. I'm not responding to a nudge. That's the only way I can be ignorant anymore. I don't know about you guys. After today, very few of us can say, well, I'm ignorant because I don't know about it. Well, you kind of do now. <laughs> so let me wrap this up, put a sharp point on it. Um, the distribution of the gifts, but one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Not because any one of us are super saint. Not because we prayed enough that week. Not because we cut that habit and we started another good habit. Not because of any of that stuff. God's going to give you a gift because the person next to you needs it. You get gifts out of their neediness. Whew. Man, that's exciting. That's, I don't have to study. I don't have to get up early. I can just show up to church and be willing and then look around and see who's hurting, who's discouraged. Ooh, I'm going to go sit by them. <laughs> Man, they're a mess. I'm sitting right in between them. <laughs> see what God does. <sighs> All these gifts are from and in the Holy Spirit, and they're for those around us. These gifts are not just available. They're absolutely necessary for us to function and grow into mature Christians and a mature church that represents Jesus accurately. How many churches represent Jesus accurately? I'm not talking about good video. I'm not talking about great bands. I'm not talking about all the entertainment value. How many churches have you ever heard of that people say, man, they're just like Jesus in that place. It's just amazing. You better be careful you walk into that place. You're going to run smack dab into God. I, I never heard it. I want to hear it. So, this might have been new to you this morning. This might have been a review to you. You already knew it. It's just kind of a review. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, and in 14, verse 1, Paul tells us all to desire, to earnestly desire spiritual gifts, to burn with passion for spiritual gifts. Whew, man, I, I, I need to work on that for me. Paul tells us don't be ignorant, lacking knowledge or general awareness but instead to desire the gifts, to earnestly burn with a passion for these gifts. Now, most Sundays, I stand up here, I get done preaching, and I encourage you, now take this and, and take it out to the world. Today's a little bit different. I don't usually do this. I'm going to ask you to take what you got here today and pray about it this week, and then live it next Sunday when we come in together. Let's not let this just sit there. Oh, that was a funny preach. That was a good preach. Oh, that, I like that one point. And not do anything with it. Let, let's chew over this. Let's pray over this. Let's meditate on it. And get ready for next Sunday we come in. And let's see the supernatural become common in this place. Man, I sure want to. I, 
I'd love to. I've seen so many amazing, I've just been so blessed over the years, folks. It's not me, it's just God's grace in my life. I've seen so many amazing things in my life that I got great faith for this to be a new day for our church. Great faith, new day in this church. So today is just a little bit different. I'm asking for you guys who received this, the chosen, that I know it's a TV show, but real, really real, you guys are the chosen. You're the chosen of God. You are the body of Christ. You are the saints of heaven. Can we think about what that looks like when we operate in the supernatural? Next Sunday when we come together, I'm asking all of us to burn with a passion to have a gift flow through us. And I'll just remind you, this is all in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First 11 verses, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it'll talk about the gifts. And these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he uses them whoever he wants, in any situation he wants, to help the people around him. Man. All right. Well, praise God. I'm going to pray for all of us. Um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the richness of your word. Heavenly Father, I just thank you again for the worship today that was uh, God-inspired. Holy Spirit, burning fire with the worship today, and I just thank you for that. I love preaching after you've touched our hearts, Lord. Thank you so much for today. Father, thank you for your word because it is truth and it is life. It is spiritual power for us to do your will. And so, Father, I pray for an outpouring of your grace in this place, in Newhall Christian Fellowship, an outpouring of your grace so that we can have the power to do your will in our lives. And, Father, usually when we think about the power to do your will, it's so that we can pray better, read the Bible more, quit smoking or cussing. Or, it's all about that stuff. This is different today, Father. I'm praying for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, uh, a supernatural manifestation of your grace in our lives so that we can lock on to your gifts as they flow through us to help each other first off and then to help this broken world around us. Father, I bless your, your family. I bless your kids, your sons and daughters into your purposes and plans. And I ask your blessing on every man and woman Every teenager, child and toddler, every infant, I ask your blessing on every marriage, on every family, on every home. I ask your blessing on every employer that pays our salaries in this place. Father, would you make a distinction now in your people and around your people, the people that carry your favor and your name, would you make a distinction on them now as we go forth from this place that the people around us would be willing, would be open, would be available for us to speak the truth into their lives. I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the one and only risen Savior. Amen.